0: Hello. My name is Raymond Janis. I am CEO of ATEX Resources, Inc. And accompanying me is Ben Polinger, who is the Vice President of Exploration and Business Development, who joined us three months ago at the 1st of June, and we're really happy to have Ben with us. His role here is really helping me out in advancing this great project that we have that is Valeriano in north-central Chile in the High Andes, which is a gold, but we're sorry, it's a copper gold porphyry with tremendous intersections of about a kilometer um, in depth each hole. And uh, we're really excited with our results. We just had our drilling results in early June and to highlight it was 1,162 meters at 0.78% copper equivalent with included was five hundred fifty meters with one point oh three percent copper equivalent. We're really excited with the next phase program, which is going to be phase three. That should be starting in October now.
1: Raymond, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, nice to meet you, Ben. Nice to meet you again. We've met in a in a, a previous life. Um, yeah. So, ATEX um, Resources market capitalization of sixty million dollars. You've just raised twelve and a bit 12.4, million dollars. Twelve point four. Twelve point four million dollars. Um, uh, and you are about to head into the next phase of drilling and um, the next phase of work uh, in Chile. Can we just before we get into that? i I, I don't know the project at all. Um, I know that you're next to um, um, you're next to Ellen Um Could you just give me a little bit of background of where the deposit is, where the project is, and um, a little bit of its history, how you came to it. You've been working on it for two years. So background first, please.
0: I'll take that over a bit, Ben. I've been associated with the project for a long time. I knew about it when I was working at Alindio and doing all the exploration and the Alindio Belt. That's when I first encountered it, and that was in the 80s. And that's when Phelps Dodge did a bit of drilling there, followed by Barrick. From then on, the project went on hold, and I picked it up when I was vice president of exploration and uh, mine geology at Hotschild Mining. And I picked it up because we were looking for two things in our exploration. One was a company maintainer, which meant uh, some new uh, mine uh, project about the size of what the mines would be developed by Hochschild. And on the other hand, we had uh, another focus, which was a company maker, which would be something big enough that would be at least the cash flow of the whole company. And I saw in Valeriano a small gold epithermal system on top that could be a maintainer, but there was a potential of a porphyry depth. And that's why I picked it up for Hotschel. I left Hotschel shortly after I picked that up, and the first discovery holes were done by them. Then it was be- picked up by Atex Resources. That- they finished that work about 2015. It was picked up by uh, Atex Resources late 2019. And, and, and before... In- before-
1: before you get into the atex why why did um not continue with it was that just the stage of the market because i think late 2015 was actually the very very bottom of the market and you know, that's when the yeah, lowest correct. copper price was exactly but the, yeah, it's exactly but that. the but the mood was changing already i mean beginning to, that was the start of the kind of the battery metals i know or, or maybe you know the copper um, cobalt was certainly running in
0: 2017 16 I 17 can't, i can't answer the question, because I was not in Hawkshell at that time mm-hmm. exactly. But from what I understand, as their focus has always been gold, silver. And you know, prices were on the lower end and they had payments coming along okay. and it a big investment necessary to keep on on this project. And I think it wasn't the right moment for them. Okay. So and they, they stayed recently, with, uh, this, sorry, so they stayed with 10% of the project when they took off. So it's only... Uh, 90% by two Chilean geologists, and 10% by Hawkschild. And this was picked up in 2019 by ATEX, uh, especially by uh, Albert Schneider, and put into ATEX. And they invited me as CEO in uh, July 2020, which was right at the pandemic time, and that's when COVID. we took off with the project. Thank you. No, but did Albert
1: Schneider, did, did he know that you knew the project? I mean, had your name come up as kind of one of the geologists associated
0: with it? We're very good friends with Albert for many years. So we've always okay. talked about his projects and our my projects. So we've been involved from conversations for 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and Ben,
1: what was your route into the company? What were you looking for? Where do you got to in your career? And because um, you, you're the, you're the QP for the project, you sign off on it on the on the news releases, don't you?
2: I do going forward. Yeah, and I mean, from my perspective, I at, at the end of last year I joined uh, Golden Star Resources and had a brief stint over there. And Craig Nelson, the chairman of ATEX, was actually largely responsible for that move. Uh, once uh, Golden Star had been acquired earlier this year, I took a little bit of a break, and he encouraged me and introduced me to Raymond. Encouraged me to go down to Chile and have a look at the project. I got there while the uh, while host seventeen was being drilled. Saw the core, saw the team, saw the people around it, saw the uh, the potential, and and you know really wanted to be a part of it because I think it's it could be something quite special.
1: Okay, really interesting. And um, Craig Nelson, he's he's with um he was with Goldfields Exploration for many years, wasn't he? Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah,
0: and I worked yeah. with uh, with Craig for many years together. We worked. During our lifetime time here in the Alendio belt, we worked together at Goldfields when I was in charge of expression for Latin America. So I have a long time acquaintance with him, and I worked with Greg during Metallica time when he formed Metallica Resources, and where we and where he ran the the the, the company, but Pierre had chosen him to run at Pierre Lassonde. And that's where we come with our friendship with Pierre. Who is right now our principal
1: shareholder? Oh, okay. So, how, well, what's what's his percentage in the company? I think it's eleven point one percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, interesting. I don't have mm-hmm. So, so it's it's as so often in these things, it's 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 relationships. It's going right back. I mean, it's interesting that you were exploring this in the nineteen eighties. Um, again, just going back. I, I know we let we will look forward, but Phelps um, Dodge obviously looking for copper in those days. Barrack in those days looking for gold. Um. The, what were the results in the test work that was kind of the exploration that was done there that didn't encourage them to to carry on, or mm-hmm. or what did what did you see that made you want to keep going?
0: Well, I take you back in time. This is you know in the mid seventies is when Chile started opening up and mining companies started coming in, and the El Indio mine was discovered, the high grade El Indio mine, and Escondida was. Uh, found shortly after that. Phelps Dodge came in and was interested both in finding a high-grade copper uh, or gold system. So they chose this, but their drilling didn't show what they wanted, which was both. There was some gold, but it wasn't high-grade, so they pulled out. barrack started understanding the Alindio Belt during the uh, <coughs> 80s and was looking at all alternative targets and looked at this one and wanted to see how large the gold uh, epithermal system was and it is not too large it's probably remnants of a larger system that was eroded so they pulled out mm-hmm. so it's uh, the the gold epithermal system is not large at all what called our attention was, what called our attention was the size of the alteration system. And every time you have kilometers in size of alteration and you have some mineralization, you got to work a bit more on it. That was what happened with our discovery of Pasqua with a similar thing during my time at Barrick, Well, really I like minerals.
1: Yeah, it is. As you say, you've got to look for that major hydrothermal system, that, that mineralizing system that can uh, bring the metal and then within that large footprint, you've got to be able to vector into the to the core of the system or at least to the high-grade parts of the system, um, which kind of brings us to where it is today. You know, what is your current understanding of, of um, Valeriano?
0: We're really excited, but I'll let Ben tell his story why he got excited and joined us. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I think really
2: set this project uh, on a, a good track. A, the size, so we now have it defined uh at a, at a, in the, within a geological footprint of 800 by 850 meters. And we've got to drill down to two kilometers where hole 17 clears at 2,057 meters and what's still in mineralization. Uh, so we've, as Raymond mentioned earlier, the, the holes drilled by housechild were all pro- close to a kilometer of consistent mineralization down hole. And one of the things that's actually really good about this project, especially if you imagine a uh, future production scenario is the top 650 meters of all of the holes that we that uh, are on that section, hole 14, which was drilled by Hartzell, hole 19, drilled by Atex, and hole 17, drilled by Atex, are all in the realm of you know 0.65 to 0.63 percent copper equivalent. Very consistent grade, very smooth. And even once you get into the high grade portion between hole 14, which was the 272 meters at 1 percent copper equivalent, and hole 17, the 550 meters at 1.03, you know these are not spiky grades. These are consistently anomalous, you know, uh, with excellent uh, distribution of metals within the system. The dissemination of the calcopyrite and the lesser boronite is, you know, you, you see it, it's fine-grained. So, it, it just looks like a smooth, consistent system with, a, you know, a big footprint still to go. The, uh, the geophysical anomaly over the top of this 800 by 850 meter uh, area that we now have drilled off is three kilometers in diameter. So, you know, we, we, we believe that there's a lot of room to still expand this and a lot more work to be done with the drill bit in, in understanding and defining some of those higher grade sections and potentially finding some more. Okay, so what you've been talking
1: about, what you've been describing so far is very much the copper porphyry system. Does that mean that the approach to define the kind of gold resources, either the oxide gold at the top or the kind of the epithermal systems is is now very much kind of a sidecar or a backseat to the porphyry exploration? Is this a pure copper porphyry plus, plus um, exploration story?
0: I'd say yes. And I wanted to compliment to what uh, Ben had said. What's really interesting is that the four drill holes that have cut significant amount of uh, mineralization in the, uh, the copper gold porphyry have more than a kilometer length of it is continuous mineralization. Like Ben was saying, there's a couple of holes done by Hogshell that hit the porphyry initially, but were lost by different reasons, just like we lost our hole 19 for, for, te- uh, for drilling uh, problems. Oh, right. And there's a lot of evidence that each one of these holes could extend for another kilometer. So we know, like Ben was saying, that we have one kilometer at least um, mm-hmm. vertical, and we have 800 by, by 850 meters up to now, and we have an anomaly three kilometers. So the size potential of this is tremendous. And we're really excited of the Dextro program going in that direction.
1: Ben, can you pull up some maps? I think it'd be useful just to see kind of where it is in Chile. Um, sure. And also, um, I mentioned at the start that it's next to El Encierro. Um, Correct. How far ahead is that? And I know that you can't measure perhaps sometimes the way that the majors work in terms of, you know, a few years of the work that the majors do is, is different to the work that a junior do, because juniors typically move much more faster. Um, but, you know, where is it in its kind of understanding relative to you? Oh, but hang on. So, sorry, let's come to that question in a bit. Let's park it for now. Let's just look where you are in the district.
2: Yeah, so we're down here on the, the bottom edge of what we call the link belt that links the LNDO uh, to the Metacunga belt. And there's actually a, you know, a, lot, of, a lot of our, our peers and the, the, the companies that are bigger brothers that we look up to in the market at the moment are in this part of the world as well. You've got Bilo, um, NGEX, and a, a, another deposit that Raymond and Craig are quite familiar with that used to be called uh, El Moro. Uh, now La Fortuna, part of the, the tech Newmont uh, Nuevo Union joint venture sitting over here. And as you mentioned, Merlin, we're sitting down here on the southern end with the LNCRO project our immediate neighbor to the north of us.
1: Sorry, I meant, to, um, you know, you've, you've got another slide, sorry. Um, oh, you, no worries. You, you, You've got the project slides, which kind of takes a closer look.
2: So here, this slide is, is very good for, I think, what, you, what you're trying to um, understand here. North is in this direction. This is the Argentine-Chilean border. Argentina on this side, Chile over here. This is the, in pink, is the Valeriano uh, property outline. We have another piece sitting over here. And this piece in blue over here is the Ellen Sierra joint venture uh, outline. Here you can see a, a projection of the uh, mineralization at Ellen to surface and uh, Valeriano over here. So as you mentioned, you know the Ellen Sierra has been around for a long time. There's been uh, exploration at Ellen dating back uh, mm-hmm. around what 10, 15, 20 years more.
0: Uh, it has the same history a bit, but let's say on the porphyry, and it's. There was a bit of discovery done by Barak initially, some uh, copper evidence, but when it really was drilled out when uh, Antofagasta picked it up about five years ago.
2: Yeah, and okay. on the same day that we put out our drill results, they uh, very fortuitously put out their maiden resource on the project as well, which you see there, the 522 million tons at 0.79% copper equivalent. But what's really interesting about it as well is the scale of the, you know, the halo mineralization around that. It sits within an inventory, a global inventory of two and a half billion tons at 0.56% copper equivalent.
1: And, and are, these, are these identical rocks? Have you looked at their core? Have you Is it the same age mineralization? The-
2: it's, a, it's pretty much the same system. The tops of the mineralization start at the same elevation. Uh, you know, continuous, uh, continuous alteration for the most part. They're six kilometers apart from each other. And then the one thing there, in terms of the the, uh, the timing and the, the the relative time that you're asking about Merlin on the projects, is lncr now has close to 50,000 meters of drilling, whereas you know we're especially in the porphyry mineralization, we're sitting at less than 8,000 meters and just getting started. Okay, that's
1: that's that's, that's a re, that's a really useful metric, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. to so show that they've 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 drilled that 50,000 meters. And the beautiful thing about these porphyries is that if they are consistent internally, you can Put together a huge resource. I mean, look at that: fifty thousand meters for uh, two point five more or less billion tons of rock. Yeah. Imagine if you're trying to drill out a structural um, gold uh, project. Fifty thousand meters would
2: just be getting you started. Yeah, I have asked myself a couple of times here why I've been chasing veins my whole life when things like this exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean,
0: yeah. if you want to yeah, add, if you right. want to go on answering one of your questions. We, the only core we've seen from El Encierro is the one that was at PDAC this year when they brought out the results. We had not seen any other core prior to that. And and was it like looking at some of your own core? There's similarities, there's a bit of differences. They have a lot of immunization in breaches and we don't have so much in breaches. We have most of our immunization in the porphyry, in the trues of porphyry per se
1: interesting it would have that was a, a glib assumption of mine that they would be the similar um
0: similar, similar, geology. Rocks, similar yeah. yes the generality is is very similar so when you look at the bulk of the 2.5 uh, billion tons yes there's a lot of mineralization in that rock that's very similar to ours however their higher grade is in breccia, and our higher grade is in the porphyry
1: okay um Ben, could you go on, you've got some sections as well of the holes you've drilled, or what are the holes that have been drilled.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I think this is a great place just to introduce the geology a little bit because there are a couple of really neat aspects about the geology. So these are the three holes that we talked about that were drilled by Housechild that have, you know, pretty much a, a kilometre of continuous mineralization. And this is where the, the project was left. The geology that you see there was actually done by one of the LNCR geologists or a person that's done a, a lot of work at LNCR logging core. And he put this initial interpretation of what we were seeing from a porphyry mineralization um, in place into these rhyolites together. The key thing here is, you know, this is hole 14. It are these red, older porphyry units here. Uh, This one we know exists. And this is where we have the 272 meters at 1% copper equivalent. And we're able to step out and hit this again in hole 17. And these ones we suspect might be there from a couple. We've got a few indications between mag and, and some of the stuff that we've seen in hole 16. We wanna follow up and see if this is here as well. So you know, this really tells, a, tells that story. And one of the other things I think that's really important to point out here as well is because these porphyries have intruded rhyolites, the rocks here are, are high silica, low iron, not very reactive. And so you get a very clean, tightly constrained system um, that we believe you know with the, the metallurgical test work that we're doing uh, right now and should have, have done by the end of this year, we can show something that we could see high recoveries and you know high-concentrate scalability uh, on the back of that initial work, which I think you know would is something you know everyone everyone wants to know very quickly. You know if there's any deleterious elements or, or if there's anything to anything nasty in the in the network. And I think we we'll be able to prove um, that this is going to be very clean.
1: Um, thank you. That's a really useful um, summary. But just looking at the sketch that's there, obviously there's this kind of complex interplay of these phases of the porphyries you said that the early porphyry is the most uh is, is the highest grade one um it looks to me as if kind of volumetrically the intermineral porphyries vp2 and vp3 are kind of the perhaps the dominant by volume is, is that what you are interpreting at this stage
2: i mean i think on this section you can you could make that conclusion but if you step over into hole uh, 17 for example you know, this is as it you know as it says 272 meters. Where you step over into hole 17, you hit this BP1 unit over here. It's 550 meters. I think around a, we're estimating at at close to 200 meters true thickness. So I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of things still to define and discover as we draw it out. And I, I think it's a bit early to make those assumptions yet.
1: Okay, good. And um, I can see that on hole nine i think it is the the you've got that section of 848 meters at 0.64 and yet that seems to be going into the wall
2: rock correct yeah. so the wall rock That's is quite like, well mineralized there
0: just as a general concept on this figure the brown on top are miocene volcanics the rest below are rhyolite uh, basement rocks of uh, permo triassic intruded by uh, Mesozo... I mean, uh, by uh, Miocene intrusives. They, and the okay. mineralization is about 10 million years old. And there's a multiple intrusives. It's been not easy to distinguish them. And when these rocks intrude, they brecciate the host rock, the rhyolite host rock. And as a brecciated uh, rhyolite looks exactly the same as a rhyolite, it's very hard to distinguish. Fortunately, We've been able to discover uh, to relate this relate, uh, this, and we see that most of the mineralization within the wall rock is in the brecciated zone, more than on the uh, rhyolite right per se. So yes, we have a drill hole nine tremendous amount of mineralization all in wall rock. Interesting, really
1: interesting, um, which shows you that there's a big hydrothermal system which is kind of um brought in with the with the with the porphyry intrusions themselves so it's not just the 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 magmas that are coming in but there's there's a kind of a a hydrothermal cell or a circulating system associated with that
2: there's that yeah there's a high sulfuration epithermal system that's about 250 meters thick sitting on top of the porphyry mineralization as well
1: and um I know that this is, you're in the very early stages of drilling, you've got whatever it is, 19 holes into the system. But when I look at that, I think this is kind of, with that consistent mineralization, in my mind, I already think, oh, this is probably going to be a a block cave target rather than an open
0: pit. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we're trying to show, that there is an underground potential high grade in the zone. And Ben will go through that on this slide. Okay. Um, so,
1: come on, talk me through this one. What do, what do you want to highlight on this?
2: Yeah, so this is the, the section looking back at these draw holes. And the first thing is that, you know, from the top of ATX B17 here down to the bottom is over two kilometers, just to get a better scale on that. This is the high sulfidation event that we were talking about. And, you know, in terms of consistency of mineralization, which, you know, you, you alluded to as well, these, these three holes, the top of 650 meters of all these holes, are pretty much that 0.65 to 0.63 uh, percent copper equivalent. Then you get down into ATX uh, into 17 here. We've got the uh, the high grade mineralization, and again, very smooth grade distribution through there. You know, it's not you know, it's not spiky. It's not one you know, one assay wonders. It's very consistently mineralized um, all the way through. So, uh, you know, as Raymond said, if this were to be an underground operation in the future, we want to get as much of that high grade constraint as possible and you'll be able to use that as a way to bring forward uh, paybacks, use the IRR, and really make this project into something special that can be accessed from underground and, uh, you know, and, and stand alone as a, a developable project.
1: And um, can you take me back to, I, think, I can't remember whether you've passed it or not, but can you show me the geophysical um, um, signatures as well? Absolutely.
0: One thing that's really interesting before we go into geophysicals is that we have two valleys on each side Of the porphyry and you can access through from those valleys about 350 meters deeper than you are at surface so that's a geographical situation that's really really interesting so that okay so you can put an
1: you can put an added in at that level yeah from from mm -hmm. draw points from each side access from exactly um but you will need to go deeper than that won't you if if the mineralization starts at um, yeah,
0: whatever yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have good access and you've got uh, really a lot of space to go down into those depths from many yeah. uh, alternatives.
2: Right. Geophysics. Tell me about this. So, on the geophysics, so on the left, we have an IP survey that was done by Hopchild, which really images that the, the interface of the porphyry between 600 and 800 meters very well in the section that you see, or the section you that you see over here. Below, this is the plan view of the, you know, the donut-shaped anomaly. This is the three-kilometer big anomaly, and the project sits the 800 by 850 sits totally down in here. Uh, in order to see a bit deeper, because you know, we were looking for porphyry mineralization here, and we wanted to see how, like, what the extent of the system might be, ATEX undertook an MT survey, which you see here on the right. So same kind of view, just with the one on the right seeing down to in excess of two kilometers. But imaging pretty much the same thing you can see the high resistivity here of the, the the interface between the porphyry and, the, uh, and the, the host rock and once you get down through that you see this continuous porphyry mineralization getting all the way down open in both directions and at this point untested below two kilometers the uh the surface the the plan view again exactly the same shape and size of anomaly uh sitting on top of where that we think that porphyry min- mineralization is and that's three kilometers so I haven't only tested, you know, less than a kilometer uh, of this at this point. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of room for us to grow. It's, it's open in all directions and, you know, it, it's going to be a, a tail of the drill bit.
1: So just going back to the IP um, image in the top yeah. left, um, that green kind of sh- um, cap over the top, that's a resistivity. It's a resistivity, right. Yes. So it's, that is reflecting what the rhyolite or, or you know,
0: or it's really less than 200 ohm meters, and the green there represents the same as the green on the slide to the right, okay? And the red is even lower uh, resistivity. And I, it's probably representing here the high sulfidation mineralization uh, characterized by uh, covalite replacing pyrite up above. And it didn't reach down into the porphyry system, where, and as you can see, the drill holes have tremendous uh, Intersects without having the geophysical anomaly, which we did complement with the metal, uh, with the magnetotellurics that you see the same green there and uh, relating to our deeper holes.
1: Forgive me for asking stupid questions, but I normally, when I look at an IP um, survey, what I often see is the, the kind of the pyrite um, rings around a porphyry, you know, the, the classic um, uh, alteration. Uh, concentric yep. alteration phases around a porphyry often highlight or often kind of um, jump up like, a, and they light up like a Christmas tree in a porphyry. But I, I'm not seeing that in, in your IP. Maybe I'm just looking at
0: the wrong things. No, I think you're in the right direction. But the big difference is, is that most of the porphyries that you looked at are probably hosted in andesites, which have a lot of iron, which can form a lot of pyrite with a hydrothermal system. And you're here intruding a rhyolite with very low iron content. And you probably cannot form that amazing pyrite halo. That's what we like about this. And that's what Ben was telling you. And the mineralization in the porphyry is calcopyrite, greater than pyrite. So we really, it's a uniqueness. And we think that is what's driving it here. Uh, that's our conclusion from what we think is we do not get that big pyrite halo
1: okay so um thank you that's a clarifi- clarifying um explanation so um do you use the difference between the um in, in terms of your kind of vectoring with the with the geophysics what are your what are the what are the vectors i mean you, you might have already mentioned it but is it that resistivity uh low and then underneath going to resistivity high is that your your key vector here on the magnetotillorix? Yes. Yep. Pretty much. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, know, and is- then
2: also, uh, sorry, Merlin, just to add that, and also having now five draw holes below that and, you know, haven't hit some pretty high grade and, and getting a better handle on the orientation of things, it, it, it really aids to, you know, as you layer everything on, it gives us a better perspective and picture of where we want to go next. And. From here, can you take me in your presentation to a kind of a
1: planned view of your area and where you're, the zones that you're going to be targeting for drilling? I don't. I, um, here we go. Here
2: we go. So th- this is the section that you saw earlier on the, of the half-child drilling. So 16, 14, and, uh, and 9 over here. These are the holes that Apex drilled this year. 19, which unfortunately was, as Raymond said earlier, was the, it was dropped and it was terminated due to drill error. And 17 over here, which is the two-kilometer-long hole with the pretty spectacular results. So we think this section here represents that BP1 that we talked about earlier, that that older porphyry, the higher grade. And we want to yep. be able to go back, follow up on this, define it, you know, vertically, horizontally, uh, extend it along strike, and start to get a feel for what the size of this higher grade, uh, this higher grade mineralization could be. At the same time. We want to be able to push this envelope that is now defined at 800 by 850 meters and also follow up on some of these secondary anomalies, which I'll flip to another slide to show you. Well, hang on,
1: before, don't, don't, don't leave just, uh, just yet. Okay, go okay. back there. No, but we, um, Sorry, just, just going to say that that envelope, the, 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 the current limit of the porphyry system, is that a projection from depth that you've, you've pulled up, or is that something that you can map on surface?
2: It's, it's pretty much based on the intersections and the draw holes projected to surface.
1: Okay. And, um, just in terms of your immediate work plan for now until either the end of the year or the next six months, you choose kind of what time frame you're going to tell me about, but, um, where, uh, apart from drilling the VP one, that yep. corridor, um, where else are you going to be drilling?
2: we've got two slides to talk about that right. so the first is this which is a mag survey um, with our drilling over the overlay over the top of it so these are these features coming through here that we believe might be might correlate with those higher grade older porphyries and there's a second one coming through here so this is something we want to test because if that's real and we have two of these corridors that we can now extend and put together uh, and they're out of the uh, of the high grade that we saw in 17 and that's you know a really significant step forward for the project in addition to that, as well, what we've done is we've gone with our, we've gone with uh, with the ability to drill directional drilling and awarded a contract to a crew that can do this and are very experienced at this. And this allows us, you know, not only to be a lot more efficient and a lot more effective at the drilling, but test multiple targets of each drill setup as we move through the uh, through the porphyry. So we can do expansion, uh, exploration, and uh, and test new targets. From a, 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 from very few setups, but all at the same time, pretty much. And one other thing about this is, you know, in the event that we're successful with any of these daughters, we like what we're seeing. Uh, we, you know, we can we can change the plan, change the drill setup, and move in a direction uh, pretty much on the fly to be efficient and almost react in real time while we're drilling.
0: This is something Great. really important that Ben is uh, showing. One of our highest risk in our uh, exploration. In the high andes is when you have to do deep holes you lose some of those holes and as you saw out of the three that we drilled last year we lost two one quite deep but the other one quite shallow so that's a problem and if you look at hawk shells drilling same thing happened to them they would come into the mineralization of the porphyry and uh, just due to drilling issues they couldn't continue Uh, so there's a lot of holes that just touched the porphyry, but didn't go through it. And we know that now that with this uh, directional drilling and that capability of geo or recon drilling, we will have that uh, capability and we're assuring and de-risking the project. And as he mentioned, uh, Ben mentioned, we're after the high-grade corridor that we already know, because that could show that there is a potential for a size of a block caving that already. We're looking for other high zones, and we're trying to understand the completeness and size of our project. But still, an early stage. We're not going to come out with a resource, uh, a new resource, with this drilling. I
1: understand the the mother holes and the daughter holes, and the, the, using that mag anomaly. There was that um, the, the 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 grid squares on that mag image were about. Um, five kilometers apart, and it looked as if that second um, trend was quite some distance apart. And that's still on your license area, is it? Yeah, that second trend is actually under hole sixteen, so it's, uh, it's okay. about four hundred meters away from the other one. Oh, it's hundred five hundred. Not, um, they were five hundred metres squares, not five kilometers. Okay. What have you? What have you got in terms of your drill budget? How many meters are you planning to do in this next phase of work?
2: So we're starting a ten thousand meter program in October, uh, and then. We'll see how that goes. Success dependent, we can, we can roll that into another 10,000 meters. And it will just come down to you know, what we're seeing in the rocks. Uh, you know, we've pretty much secured the financing uh, for the most part for being able to do this. But if we're putting out results, uh, see what we want to see, we'd like to keep the program going. And that's why we set it up with this staged approach, the initial 10,000 and then the option to roll into a follow-up 10,000 uh, know, as the geology dictates. And will that be with one rig or two rigs? Two drill rigs. They are all going to be
1: one and a half kilometer holes. I mean, obviously the, the daughter holes are going to be shorter once you've got the mother down, but um, so, so is one rig going to do um, single holes of one and a half, two kilometers and the other rig going to do the mother hole and then the directional drilling?
2: No, so the, the beauty about the system and the, and the way that these holes will be drilled is you can literally start and come off on the, on the first hole and the first daughter, go back, then drop down to the second order and you don't hope to go all the way down to the bottom so you can systematically work through your your, your shallower targets and if you like what you see in a shallow you can fold it down and you okay. can make these decisions pretty much live because the mineralization is so visible and you know with the uh, the capability of these rigs we can plan everything on the fly
1: and are both rigs am um, capable of doing directional drilling
2: Correct. so so one rig will be starting on uh, on new setups and then we'll have another that will be testing and, and trying to leverage the existing uh, infrastructure with the old hole and following up on on uh, on targets coming out of old holes and, and using using what we already have drilled so we're trying to be as efficient and effective as possible with this drill program so
1: summarizing that one one rig will Look to kind of test the kind of um, uh, slightly lower risk risk extensions of known mineralization in existing holes, and the other rig is going to test things like that new corridor with the uh, the mag or kind of slightly more um, expansionist exploration. Close enough, yeah. Close yeah, enough,
0: but, <laughs> but not necessarily in the sense that you know you can really bring in a daughter hole, and if you bring it out from eight hundred meters, you can put it another thousand two hundred meters. So you can test quite a bit of a distance into new areas out of a daughter hole too. So our focus is, our first holes are for the high-grade zone, but we'll put daughter holes into exploration into new zones. Good. And so
1: if you start drilling in October, you, you, these are big holes and quite slow News results by the end of the year, or is that too early? Q1 next year, safer?
2: I would, I would like to be able to uh, put out a Christmas present to the market. Um, there's always, you know, there's always a, a bunch of logistical things, assay turnaround and stuff like that, that, uh, that makes that difficult to predict. But if we can get something out by the end of the year, we'd be very happy. And that would be the schedule we're, we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. But uh, early next year at the, at the worst, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, got it. Well, we will um, have some metallurgy results before the end of the year, because we have two med samples out uh, for doing the med study.
1: Okay, good. Um, and the other, you, you spoke about one risk being the loss of a, of a hole. The other obvious risk is um, Chile, its approach to environmental permitting um, and, and drilling, I mean, quite separate to the constitution, which I think is going to get kicked back um, in a week or so. So moving aside from the mining code, it's just kind of the risk associated with environmental permits, um, particularly in the high Andes. I think it's, it would be remiss of me not to ask you that question. So uh, here it is. What, what, what's your take on that? I'll leave that one for Raymond.
0: Well, I think that's an important question. I think it's a fundamental question through what Chile is going through now. And as you say, we have the constitutional referendum coming up this Sunday, and we'll see what the outcome is. Uh, we have, you know, a new... Um, taxes coming into mining that are still being discussed in the Senate. But the environmental side is really important. And fortunately, where we are, there's no um, type of ice or any issues with respect to glaciers, okay? But we have to be very aware that we have to do things correctly and be very transparent so we can advance both socially and environmentally with the program and we're working strong on that area and we're trying to keep a very good relationship with communities as well as doing everything in the right place but you know there's been some hiccups or problems that Anglo and uh, uh, phoenix called during this time and i think it's just a position, a momentary position of the new government. And I think what the new government will have to see and change is that they need investment, and let's see what comes out of the referendum. So I think it's the right way to answer this question is, let's wait a week and let's start talking this again. Okay. <laughs> what well, on Sunday, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: well, thank you for that. And thank you for giving me such a thorough introduction to the project. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing your progress and watching the news flow. Um, and thank you very much for taking the time to tell me about it. I've, I've really enjoyed learning about it.
0: Thank you. I'm pleased to meet you, Merlin, and talk to you soon. And hopefully after we start drilling. Good. I look forward to it. And good luck thank with you. your project too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks. Good luck with
2: Tchau, tchau.